Hello, welcome to the first edition of the Wrong Football Podcast. My name is Dan, I'm here with G, the editor of thewrongfootball.com, and we're going to give you our thoughts on all things NFL this week. Hello. So, uh, obviously, seeing as this is the first one of these, it's probably only fair that we kind of tell you a bit about our, our backgrounds and ourselves. Uh, we are, of course, obviously going to try and be as objective and neutral as possible, but obviously we are big Greedon fans. Uh, so, at the end of the day, I'm sure some of our loyalties will come through naturally. Um, G, do you want to, I know you did this um, at the beginning when you first started the blog, but uh, do you want to tell everyone a bit about yourself, how you support? what got you into football that kind of thing um yeah sure it's one of those things that i think a lot of people around our ages will recognize in that the story starts with the uh, 1985 chicago bears which were one of the all-time great That's teams it. sparked the um 80s mid 80s football sort of surgeons in in the uk and even though I was only at primary school and didn't really, you know, know what was going on during that particular season, they were big enough over here that we got the song, they came over, we started getting coverage on the Channel 4, and I sort of, it was different and interesting and other, and I sort of got into it. Um, I am a Cincinnati Bengals fan for my sins, which is due to the fact that um, the first season that I really taped all the games and paid attention was 1988, and that was the season that the Bengals went to the Super Bowl, in fact, it was the last season we started 05 who day and so um, <laughs> that's basically it started from there it started really well there's been an enormous lull going on till relatively recently in the Marvin Lewis years um, I actually picked the wrong franchise really because my true love is defence uh, the best player in the game is clearly the safety as Dan will know because he gets text yeah, messages I do she is the only person I know who can probably watch a, a, a- Two nothing game with just one safety in it, and and really enjoy it. There is just something wonderfully <laughs> satisfying about defensive linemen pushing large offensive linemen backwards and sitting on a quarterback. I can't tell you. I, I'm clearly, clearly uh, an ill, ill man, but give me J.J. Watt, give me Geno <laughs> Atkins. You will hear J.J. Watt's na- name a lot because he is one of my favourite players. But um, yeah. What can I say? I I believe Reggie White ruined me at an early age and I've just been a fan of defensive football ever since. The Bengals traditionally an offensive team. This is not exactly a great idea. Maybe I should have picked your team, Dan, if you want to give it a go. Oh, yeah, lovely. Yeah, my uh, Miami Dolphins. I have been a uh, Miami Dolphins fan for about the last 15 years since I've been following American football. I got into American football really um, just kind of through... I wouldn't say probably so much watching it on TV. It was more probably Madden playing the playing the the, the games on uh, on the PlayStation and, and before that on the Game Boy and things like that. Um, and Game Boy, I just kind of yeah, Game Boy. Believe it I or not, I, I did used to. Have I it. genuinely didn't remember a Game Boy version. I played a lot of Madden from. I think it was about Madden '95 or something like ah, that. Right. It was yeah. It was it was a very early version, but it was yeah. I got into it all through uh, through playing Madden. Still thought well, I better kind of learn the rules, I suppose, because uh, all I was doing at the time when I very first started was kind of guessing i must say i've absolutely no no idea what turned me on to the dolphins they're just kind of were the team that I, I kind of fancied i suppose they were the ones i used to play with on on madden and around 95 that wouldn't be wouldn't have been too bad again for my sins i've not really been uh it's not been a great few years for the uh for the dolphins shall we say we've, we've had a few uh, a few pretty poor seasons you are very much in the middle of interesting times at the moment um <laughs> yeah I, I suppose we are and, and kind of a little bit more more on that in, in a sec but it's i mean it's it's we're always generally middle of the pack if we have an eight and eight season that's pretty much what's expected of us it's not fantastic but uh we love we, we do it because we love the team don't we i suppose you're the same but you're you're enjoying this season a lot more than i am 
yes, I, I didn't have to go to London and watch my team lose in the company of a Jets fan. So I am. Well, so, yes, well, sat next to a Jets fan. Mm. So um, yeah, I've been having a fun time. Although I was very nervous on Sunday, and we'll cover that in a bit. Um, shouting yeah. at my computer screen and, and and running away when things went badly because I am that kind of fan. And I say that as a kind of fan who turns on game is level, watches um, his team throw an interception into the end zone. Uh, watch the other team break back and think I've cursed this I'm going to go away and I'm a rationalist this is the problem is that I believe in science and evidence and this is purely a manifestation of me dealing with my nerves that I become weirdly superstitious even though I don't believe that any of the stuff I'm doing is actually affecting what's going on I do it anyway as a sort of nerve coping mechanism everybody has their way of dealing with the stress of a uh, of a Sunday so with that out the way should we head into our first sort of collection of news and bits Yes, so let's talk about a little bit about the uh, the news and what's going on in the uh, NFL at the minute. Again, I, I did say we weren't going to be as we were going to try and be as neutral as possible and that kind of thing, but we are going to start with a uh, bit of a story about the Dolphins because really the mess of the Dolphins. Who can ignore it? You probably agree, even as a, even as a Bengals fan, it's probably the big thing at, uh, at the minute that's getting a lot of uh, a lot of coverage. And it's it's it, we are we're a mess. Frankly, we're quite frankly a mess. Uh, obviously, Philbin has gone in, in place of Dan Campbell as head coach, um, and personally, as a Dolphins fan, I'm quite excited. I find that very interesting just because, I mean, obviously I found it interesting because I wrote about it last week. Quick plug for the yeah. wrongfootball.com. Go, Gavin. <laughs> but it's a very top-heavy roster when you look at it. You've got a lot of good talent. Obviously, you brought in Sue with that enormous contract. Tanner Hill's an yeah. up-and-coming quarterback. You did some things at receivers. But the price you pay for that kind of roster structure is it's not f- a deep roster. The secondary is no. very thin before Grimes even got injured. And with the coaching that's been going on and the offensive line, which is a mess, and the play calling, it's all been a disaster. And yes. it'll be very interesting to see what Dan Campbell does with his his, his sort of bye week and then the week coming up into week six. The Oklahoma drill, I thought, was an interesting statement in his first practice before they went off on their bye. Guessing he's trying to make a statement about um, the physicality and the nature of a team's play in the first four weeks. How do you think it's going to go next week, particularly now that you have a new defensive coordinator? I am quite excited, though, and I do think I, I do think it's going to be a, a good thing. I think Dan Campbell's absolutely got it right. He said uh, he said in his, in his opening press conference it was the most talented roster we've had in years. Um, we've got the staff and the players to win. But it's it's the culture that really has to change. It's it's one of those one of those things that over the over the last few weeks, I suppose, it's been quite obvious that it's that, that, that something's been awry within the team. I, I, there was, there's been reportedly closed door meetings behind the scenes, um, with, especially with the defense uh, and Demarcon Sue in, in in particular um, leading those from what I've, from what I'm hearing. Um, obviously, we've paid him sixty million sixty million dollars. Uh, guaranteed, which is huge, and to, to not be getting anything from from the defense, and, and really not really much from him. Um, he's been he's been pretty pretty invisible. But again, a lot of that's down to the down to the how it's being coached and, and the plays that we're that we're making. Well, it's, it seems madness and strangeness to me that you would invest that kind of money in a free agent and then not mm. put him in the best position to succeed. He in Detroit was. A, you know, an amazing one-gap penetrating defensive tackle who caused havoc in the run and the pass game and you've paid all this money to lure him to, to Miami and then you've stuck him in a two-gap system where he has mm. to extend his arms and read and react and 
you're taking away that first explosive step, that nastiness which borders on um, dirty, frankly. Um, yeah, He's absolutely. one of those players I suspect that if you're uh, he's in your opposition, you hate him and you absolutely love him when he's in your team. And it just, it's just, yeah, it doesn't speak to a cohesive yeah. coaching plan, which seems to be the story with the Dolphins. Between the back office decisions over the start of the season in terms of not drafting linemen to support your young quarterback and this, uh, the, the running game, it just doesn't seem to hand together. And it seems like it's been like that for a long time, which I suspect is why you have those eight and eight, not terrible, but not great seasons. Yeah, well, it, yeah, it's, it's pretty standard for us, uh, that, that kind of season. And I must say, even though things have not started particularly well, I can kind of see us doing it again. I, I think we probably will. I think uh, it's, it's going to be one of those, it's going to be one of those years. But it's, I mean, it's just, not just with the, with the, the defence. I mean, uh, Tannehill's been getting a bit of, bit of stick this week for, for going in hard on a, on a, one of the one of the practice squad who uh, intercepted a, a play in training, which I mean, they're big fellas. They're all there, uh, paid to play a very uh, aggressive sport. There's going to be, it's going to happen. But uh, it's just the timing of it coming out kind of feels as though it's it's just frustration. I think from 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 all the team uh, just leaking out. Yeah, but I think it'd be fascinating to see what happens next week. Um, I guess it might be time to talk about something that isn't some of our teams. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. So the the next one, I think I think this is something that that uh, you you kind of picked out, G. Um, Greg Hardy. Some pretty stupid comments from him this week. Stupid doesn't even really begin to have it. I, I mean, I'm, anybody who's listening mm. to this, I'm assuming is an NFL fan. So I'm assuming is aware of the NFL's recent history with women's issues, of which Ray Rice and Gray Hardy are just two examples. And for a man who was found guilty and basically got off on a bunch of legal mess and an agreement with the poor woman who he threw on a uh, bed of guns and throttled for a bit, came out and first says that he has to come out all guns blazing, which is just one of those things where you think, really? Ridiculous. Ridiculous turn of phrase. It's a turn of phrase that you do hear using, but just in context, this is the first press conference, ridiculous. Then compounds this with a bunch of misogynistic nonsense about Brady's wife. It's clear that this man just sees women as objects. I believe I heard him described by somebody as a misogynistic bellend, and that just seems to be the best example. <laughs> but the other, if the, yeah, the other frustrating thing for me, though, is um, if you look at the highlights of the uh, Cowboys-Patriots game, which we've got people talking about, oh, he's coming and he's playing well, and you know we believe in second chances. And I'm thinking... I do believe in second chances if you've sown some contrition and have admitted your fault. And this guy yep. has done nothing of that. And nothing. I'm, I'm frankly embarrassed and slightly ashamed that he's in the league. Um, it doesn't surprise me it's the Cowboys because Jerry Jones seems to believe that uh, if you perform, that's all that matters. And he gets after the, the quarterback effectively. And I think there's a reason that he's in the league after his suspension was reduced and no one is looking to touch Ray Rice and it's that horrible equation of talent versus how much bad news are you going to bring to the league and I don't believe the Cowboys are that yeah. heavily invested I think if something else comes out or if, he, if the statements go too far they'll drop him like a bad smell and you might not get another chance because why would you invest money in that tit man long term but why would you do it at all it sets a horrible example to children NFL fans it's just an, I don't understand it I want to talk to him as little as possible I really just want to call him number 76 I think we've 
done enough. I've ranted enough. One of the things that kind of caught my eye this week, uh, fourth quarter of the uh, the Steelers Chargers game this week, there was a error in the clock, um, resulting in eighteen seconds of lost time in the game. Now I haven't actually watched the full game on this one, I must say, but I do know that the very last play of the game um, was the, uh, the 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 winning touchdown um, for the Steelers. And imagine how badly that could have gone if they if if they'd not got that and. The, it had been it come out afterwards. Oh, hang on, we didn't notice this error in the uh, in the clock. I've never seen it happen before, but I, I just don't know what they do. I, I think it'll be reviewed. There's an awful lot. One of the themes we've had a few themes come out to start the season, and we've got these an unprecedented number of unbeaten teams in week five. But mm-hmm. the other thing is some of the officiating. I mean, flags everywhere. The five yard pass interference holding call with the automatic mm-hmm. first down is like killing game throw and it's just so advantageous to the to the offense and it's just ridiculous i don't know what these defensive backs are meant to do and as far as you know hits to defensive receivers all the stuff we know about concussions that makes total sense but this ticky tacky hand check five oh we want scoring i understand that they want passing and they want points but they're affecting their product with just terrible officiating. And I think they need to clean that up. And this is sort of like another symptom of this is a league that's, you know, has billions in turnover. It can afford to invest in making sure that these people are full-time, properly trained, the clock systems are run properly. I mean, it speaks to the same things with, I hate, I'm sorry, I really didn't want to bring this up. And I apologise in advance for saying these two words. Deflate gate. Oh god! One of the things that just frustrated me so much. You're not this, bored of that yet. I am so, <laughs> so, so bored of Deflate gate. But one of the major things it highlighted to me, along with a mess with discipline, is just mm. the procedures that the NFL have to enforce their rules. Just seem to be made up on the spot. Discipline is organised yeah. by Goodell, almost on a whim. It feels like we only got any traction on the Ray Rice situation, the bans. Um, it's been good in terms of having investment for women's charities. They've started looking at that, and it's actually, believe it or not, one of the first major new revenue streams for a lot of charities in the States who are working with these issues. But the traction mm. was the moral outcry because the video showing Ray Rice punching his then fiance finally let, got out, and it wasn't for some reason until people actually saw the video yeah, that anything got done. Because And it was because... Sponsors got nervous. That mm. you know, it's it's the old thing of the people who give you all this money going. Well, hang on, this is a terrible thing for us to be associated with. You know, it it's kind of like the worst demonstration of why we need some moral guidance and rules and regulations in the marketplace because mm. it shouldn't take a market correction of us going. Oh my God, isn't this terrible? I don't want to buy that beer because it's associated with the league that that man has only got two games for laying his wife out on it shouldn't take that kind of um, incident to drive what is a fairly clear cut moral no, decision no it definitely shouldn't and I mean it's I think I think the whole the whole thing really needs looking at going back to the to the, to the clock era I know they have said that if if they if they had been noticed at the on, on the day that they could have corrected it and that the they've, they've given a real kind of for me it's a yeah so what it's happened kind of statement in saying oh, the the performance of the clock operator and the game officials will be reviewed per standard procedure for reviewing every play of every game nothing's going to happen 
I can't see anything happening off the back of it, but I just think it could have been season changing. Well, not necessarily season changing, but certainly a game changer had they had they not managed to get that uh, that that touchdown right at the end. It strikes me as something um, quite interesting in that um, Mike Tomlin is not exactly a coach who is known for his time management. It was a very interesting play call. I have seen this game. And you've got one time out, the seconds are dying, and you call that run play. I mean, the good thing is that you give it to your best player. You put the ball in the hands of your running back, Le'Veon Bell, and just go, go win us the game. And yeah, I yeah. love the quote after the game of it's time to hit the mattress. Yeah. He could have done with those 18 seconds to bail him out, but I'm not sure that Mike Tomlin is the coach that would have put them to the best use. Probably not. Well, uh, so the last, move on to the, to the last of the, last of the, uh, the news um, items before we uh, we start looking at the games uh, from the week. Um, this is one of those things that kind of caught me. I don't know if, if you if you follow NFL on, on Twitter, on, on Facebook, that kind of thing. Yeah, every day you, you get a, oh, look at the, these are the, the top 40 best cleats in the league. Look what... Odell Beckham's done this time, and look how good JJ Watt is. But one that kind of caught me this this week was was Terrell uh, Owens. Remember him? Um, <laughs> of course, I remember him. He played on my team for a year. I know he did. Uh, well, he's he's he's, he's forty one years old now, and he's been he's he's apparently being linked with a, a return to the Eagles. He's he's not played for for a while, but he's uh, he says apparently he doesn't he doesn't consider himself as retired, and he's he's apparently being uh, being linked with it with a return to the Eagles, which I I personally just find a little bit bizarre. I won't believe it until I see him doing sit ups in his drive. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen, but it just uh, it was just one of the things this week that just kind of made me think. Really, I know. I know they're not having the best of seasons so far, but they need a 41-year-old Terrell Owens to, to bring it back. I don't think we really need to address that point any further. No, I don't think so. I think that's uh, pretty much covered it. So week five is now in the books. Uh, we've watched a few of the games uh, between us. First one, uh, I know you've blogged about this one, uh, G, already. Colts against Texans, 27-20 to to the Colts. Not a bad game, I must say. That was the Thursday night game. Um, obviously, Colts... Uh, played Hasselbeck instead of, of Andrew Luck at quarterback, and we both both changed who who we'd picked for the game. I was pretty much based I on that. I was so close. I cannot tell you about sticking with mm. um, the Colts, but there was a news story about um, Hasselbeck being um, he had a bacterial infection. The man's been in hospital. He's had he was drips. On a, he was on a thinking, drip, wasn't he? Yeah, I'm thinking the Texans are having a rotten season. We've seen him in a hard knocks, and then. We think mm. we know the team, and then that d- despite having you know one of the world's greatest living human beings on their defence, <laughs> they can't stop anybody. They can't score no. points. The coach has made basically. It's an old saying that if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any quarterbacks. And this whole thing where we see on hard knocks, he go in, he says, "I'm going to give the starting job to you, Hoyer." Um, I think you've been the most consistent. We are not going to be on a short leash, but obviously I'm not going to just let it go. You know, let it go if things go wrong. But you're not on a short leash. We'll give you a fair crack of this, and then three quarters he's pulled for the game for Ryan Mallet. And Ryan yeah. Mallet has. We saw him miss a practice because he slept in after he lost the starting job because his slept alarm clock broke. Um, of course it did. He's got an amazing arm, and he makes throws where you look at it sometimes, and it's just like there's maybe two or three quarterbacks in the league that can make that flow. Hmm. Unfortunately, he also makes a ton of throws, which only two or three quarterbacks in the league would even think of attempting. Uh, <laughs> Jay Cutler is one of the mind, ones that springs to mind, just because he fires balls at players' legs, throws bad interceptions. He 
doesn't strike me as a leader, uh, mm. which is always, I hate that as a criticism of a quarterback because it's one of those things that's really hard to quantify. And whilst I'm not all about the analytics, it's really hard. When you're looking at game tape and coaching film, one of the great problems you have is that you don't know the calls. So sometimes you can, you'll can you see a coverage breakdown and you know that something went wrong with, with the corner and safety, but you yeah. don't know in the scheme who has responsibility. And so you, you're looking at a quarterback, looking at that, making decisions and you don't know what the player what receipt routes the receiver should have run and where the ball should be going so it sometimes can be hard to evaluate but you look at the interceptions you look at the lack of offense we knew they were limited before Arian Foster was injured and it's just yeah. been a mess well, I was going to say that kind of that kind of goes with with how this game kind of went the, the Texans had looking at the stats they had 150 more passing yards than the Colts but they threw two interceptions and ended up losing the game they could, they, one right at the end, they could have they could have really turned a, a, a kind of play into a, into a real game winning well, situation. This and was the really interesting thing: is that um, Mallet is playing, he gets hit hard, um, he brings himself yeah. out the game because he needs to be checked out. A few plays play later, he's ready to get back in, but by then Hoyer's got in, has done something to impress the coach, and he's yeah. in for the rest of the game. And Hoyer moved the ball well, team seemed mm. to go fine, and then the classic Brian Hoyer thing. I don't want to get too enthusiastic about him, but having been in a division with him, lost games to him with the Browns, he's the only quarterback in recent years to have left the Browns with a winning record. That is some achievement. I'm sorry, Browns fans, you don't deserve it, but it's been a horrible, horrible sequence of years for you guys. But he moves the ball quite well, he's limited, but he's doing that efficient game manager thing, and then... One of the few times the Colts do get pressure, he panics, he throws the ball up in the air. It was a horrendous interception. I have no idea what he was thinking. I was, I really thought that there was a chance that I might get my pick back. I thought that they might cover. <laughs> Unfortunately, not. Unfortunately, we both uh, we both got this one wrong. Um, uh, yeah, it was it was a, it, it was a good, it was quite a good game. Like you say, the Texans kind of the offense they looked pretty poor to start, but it picked up. Got they they, they started getting it moving, but uh, the, the yeah the defense was just wasn't very good. They were. They were while I say the offense was good, like you say, they were, it was a little bit too wayward uh, with passing, and it wasn't yeah not fantastic. Although Andre Johnson uh, on the other side had a pretty good, pretty good game against his old team. That must have been strange for him. It was an interesting throwback performance. Um, yeah. I think he was very obviously very happy, but it was interesting that Hasselbeck seemed to be passing the ball a bit more around more. Mm. And perversely, there'll be if he keeps doing this some call for oh, is Hasselbeck better of an option than Luck at the moment? But he is doing that competent professional. I'm a 40 year old quarterback who's been to Pro Bowls of getting the ball out quickly. And making yep. the offense run with a terrible offensive line. And Luck, with the heroics and the ability to shrug off um, defenders and make that play, also comes, this season certainly, for bad decisions and the interceptions. I think it's an overplayed narrative, but I think it is something that you see when, you watch, when you're when you watching this team at the moment. Um, the Colts have not built well round Luck, in my opinion. They've got two or three really good skill players that I really rate. A line that is playing a little better over the last couple of weeks but is not settled and is not by any means good and the defense they've not really invested in it was a weird draft this draft for them i would have been picking large men that's what i would have been picking they needed beefing yeah. up in the defensive front because just basically to stop the patriots each year going we could play around and do one of our cunning changing plan schemes that we do for everybody else but we're just going to keep running the ball on you until you actually learn to stop it because why would we do anything else and we need to protect our franchise quarterback with linemen that are better than the ones we have. And instead, they picked fancy damn receivers, and 
in situations where they already had players. You had T.Y. Hilton, you had Kobe Fleena. I do not understand why this team picked a receiver early in the draft, particularly given mm. that they have a recent history of trading a number one round pick for uh, a player that's not even oh a league. Go on. Now you put me on the spot. Go on. <laughs> Trent Richardson. Oh, of course, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. I think it's time for the next game. Yeah, I think you're probably right. One, one last thing on there. Unsportsmanlike yep. conduct against a coach? I've never seen that. I've never seen that either. Um, from what they were saying on the commentary, um, he'd been warned and stepped out for coaching box again. But yeah, yeah. no, there's a new one on me. Very strange. Very strange. Anyway, we'll move on to one that's uh, a little bit closer to your heart, Bengals Seahawks. This is the one that had you jumping up and down and running away uh, all, all, all game on Sunday. Two very strong starts from, from both of those teams. It was two blown coverages, um, if you look at it. Um, miscommunication by both defences, um, safety and corner, particularly on the on the, on the Seattle's first touchdown. Uh, there was, mm. you could see, you know, instantaneously as, as the receiver wanders happily into the end zone, that there was a bit of a discussion going on between Kirkpatrick and I believe it was Iloka on that side. Yeah. I, I might need to go back and check that. It was definitely a safety, but, you know, there was early on there was that, and then the defences settled in. And it was tough, and we got to half time. And as I said, that was that little sequence where we had the disastrous end zone pick, which you just can't throw that ball in that way with Earl Thomas in a shortened field. He is no. too good and too quick, and he just jumped that route and he showed why he's one of the best free safeties in the league. And then we had like our traditional, well, not traditional in the sense of a particular time, but just we had what in recent years would have been a typical Bengals in a big game collapse. Bring a uh, breakdown. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And suddenly we're 17 points down. It all looks horrendous. This is, and I'm sitting there thinking, as much as anything, you can stand losing a game. But for me, it's also that thing where I'm dreading the narrative of choking Andy Dalton. He can't do it under pressure. And he hasn't done it consistently. But it's just that, that narrative is going to follow us until we win a playoff game. And that's fair enough. But it's just it's not what you want to hear as a fan. And no. instead, new, confident Andy Dalton. And He's we'll looking good. Him. Well, here's the thing. It's being overplayed. What's new with Andy Dalton? Um, he's in his fifth year. Yeah. He's in the second year under a really, really, really good offensive coordinator. I love Hugh Jackson, who is like a mad professor this year. He's bedded in after a year. We've got formations. We've got backup tackles, catching balls as eligible receivers. He's spreading the ball all around the place. He's got command of the offense. In years past, it was traditional to start quarterbacks early or sit them for a year, but you give them three or four years to bed in, and it just took time to develop. We used to have differing schedules. You know, if you look at Troy Aitman's first year, it's awful. He lost tons of games. Yeah. Now, it's almost like two, three years in, and that's it. They're, they're either good or they're not. Yeah, that's it. If you're, if, you're not, improved. If, if you're not a well-beater after two, two or three seasons, that's it. And the stupid thing about that is, yes, things have improved with passing camps and all the stuff that they do with receivers, and receivers seem to be just making more and more ridiculous catches each year. Yeah. But it takes time to learn and cope with an NFL offense. It's one of the most ridiculously complicated combinations of mental and physical tasks that we do. And you hear people talk about um, the fact that when you talk to old-time quarterbacks, the trick is to hang around long enough to get the experience where the game slows down for you and there's this little window where the game slows down with you and you can still do it physically. And it's basically yeah, yeah. about maximising that period. We're seeing quarterbacks at different stages of that. 
Aaron Rodgers is right in the middle of it and he's playing like, well, he up until this week he was playing like no human <laughs> being has ever played the game. Yes, Correct. yeah. He's come back down to earth a little bit, but and, and at the other end you've got Peyton Manning who mentally could quarterback for, for game no problems. He sees everything, but his arm is failing him and his body is breaking down yeah. and he just can't do it anymore. But Dalton just seems to have the right confluence. We're helping the receivers this year, which we were not last year. It sounds like an excuse, and the way it is because teams have to deal with that. That's depth. But we were just so, so injured. You know, AJ Green wasn't right all year. We lost Marvin Jones. I thought we lost after, um, I think it was a game and a half, mm. or maybe even the first game that he dislocated his elbow and was gone. We actually had depth behind him in tight ends. We basically brought, we platooned. We had like five or six prospects behind yeah, Eifert yeah. In, in training camp. And we've got much more. Last year, we had um, Jermaine Gresham, who is a good blocking back. But if you're relying on him to regularly catch balls, and we were, he can do a job for you. But we were just so limited with our options. And so you get to a game like the Colts, where they just know you're running the ball. And they mm. can bring eight players into the box and they're like we're just going to keep doing this until you can prove that you can beat us long and we didn't have the horses to do it this season we do get to the fourth quarter Seahawks I don't know if they tighten this is becoming a bit of a pattern with them hell of a fight back though it was a hell of a fight back but Seahawks the defence is great I love Richard Sherman Cam Chancellor is demonstrating that he is crucial to that team Earl Thomas is just a joy to watch. If you ever get a chance to watch the All-22 of watching that defense work, it's simple, but it is just those players know the roles and are so good and so quick to the ball, which is why they deliberately choose to coach that system so simply. It's just yeah. amazing. But just in the fourth quarter recently, they've not... It's not. It's more to it than just Cam Chancellor being there or not there. I'm thinking maybe the the fact that they've had to pay a lot of these players means there isn't quite the depth that there was for a couple of years before, and they're just looking a bit tired and just a tiny chink in the armor. And I think if you've got the offense mm. to do it, and I think there are a few teams in the league that do, that you have a chance. I mean, I was surprised that the Lions very nearly could have won in Week Four. They really, really could have in Seattle. That place has been a fortress for years. So yeah. it'd be interesting to see how they go. I will say, however, I was so impressed with their um, backup running back, Rawls. Rawls I'm yeah. telling you, he's looking better. He looks better than Lynch has done all season. Yeah. He was quick. He was a nightmare. We couldn't stop him. But he kept giving him the ball. 69-yard run. <laughs> I know. And, and the thing is, that their offensive line is not good. No. Poor Russell Wilson has been running for his life all season. Now... <laughs> It, I'm so happy to see Geno Atkins back. He's he had a down year last year, coming back from an ACL injury. It's one of those ones where, man, his size, it takes 18 months or so to get fit. He's looking back to his best. He was through that line so quickly. But they are they beginning to find something, and they're clearly better in, in run blocking than pass blocking. And having a back that was hitting the hole with the burst that he was was causing us real problems. Yeah, yeah. Well, we both picked this one, right? We both picked the, uh, the the Bengals. I thought it was going to be an easy pick this week, but uh, yeah, Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks made a made a good game of it. And I'm a Bengals fan. We're not allowed nice things. I was nervous. <laughs> well, um, to be perfectly honest, looking at uh, looking at this week's games, I don't think you've got the Bills. I don't think you're going to do uh, too badly out of that either. So. Oh well. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> so, uh next game was uh let's go uh Jags Bucks. Um 31-38 uh, to the 
to the Buccaneers. You, I know you watched this one, didn't you? Yes, um, I'm writing something. Something struck me over the weekend. I, I don't want it to sound too esoteric and weird, but it was something based on what Bill Simmons was saying about um, sports commentators being right or wrong and the nature of truth versus perception. Because uh, I was listening to philosophy podcasts and other things. And it's just interesting that we have this narrative about the Jaguars being an up-and-coming team that are nearly there, but not quite. Everybody has a lot of interest and faith and love for Gus Bradley. He, and I think we're probably seeing more of this over here than they are in the States because of the Jaguars' commitment to the London games. And with yeah. that coming up, I was just curious to see what was going on. Because I'll confess, they're not a team I watch all the time. No, so I thought, no. OK, I'm going to take a look at the Jags bucks because that's curious and it'll give I think it's a nice angle for this week's blog and I went in thinking this is Jags bucks this is not two of the better teams I enjoyed the game I yeah. really did there was interesting things now as a Bengals fan I know bad seasons you know <laughs> we've had some stretches where we just got had you know from 98 to 2002 we had a sequence of double digit lost seasons yeah and when you have those seasons you don't go into them without hope you think no, this is a year you're not thinking Oh, we're going to win the Super Bowl. But you're thinking, this is the year we turn it round, respectable, you know, at least 50-50, outside chance of a wildcard place. And then things start to happen. Mm. And more so for the Jags than the Bucks, I was sat there thinking, there are things there. There are definitely things there for both teams. The defences were struggling and interesting, but part of that was the Jags have a real pair of receivers. Mm. Both the Allens, Hearns and, I think, Robinson... I'll get it right in the column, I promise. <laughs> they impressed me, the pair of them. They have a pair of one-two receivers. If they can get the tight end whose name suddenly escapes me from the Broncos, it was their big free agent signing which just turned up. If they can get him integrated into the offense, their rookie running back was looking good. And Blake Bortles, there was one play where he scrambled, he avoided a sack, he extended the play for like eight, nine seconds yeah. to find his running back in the end zone. And I've heard people talking, and I can see why. They're saying the dreaded words Big Ben because he's a big quarterback. But there's something there. And the worrying thing for me is twofold. First of all, they can't seem to get both phases to work at the same time. And I'm sure I wrote about that last season, that one week their defense will look good, next week the offense will look good. And if they could just manage to do both together, they'd actually be a a tough game. They do seem to play tough, but they haven't quite got it to win yet. And in this game, the run defense was just horrible yeah I, I i didn't see this game i think i, I think it's i've i've seen um i've seen the, the jags this year i think uh they, they think they probably well, they got their one against uh, against the dolphins i thought they actually did very well but it's they're, they're one of those teams that i think i think they deserve better than a one and than one and four that they are at the minute i think i think they they, they certainly deserve better than better than that the thing is, you have to put that together, and you have to learn to win, and you have yeah. to look. You know, you have to put together the, the good sequences at the right time and sustain it. And they just haven't yeah, quite yeah. learnt that yet. And no. it's, it's just going to be interesting if and when they can turn it round. Yeah, it's going to be it's it's, it's going to be a funny season for the Jags. I think we were. Did you think it was was it? What would you say in terms of in terms of? Uh, the game it was quite it was quite a high scorer, wasn't it? Was it two good offenses or a couple of poor defenses? It was more that thing you see with this kind of team, which is that it's not horrendous on on either in terms yeah. of the defenses, but there were just mistakes. So there were just enough mistakes that it looks bad, and there, it, it was like a bunch of big runs, and then they'd get penetration every now and again. The Jags' defensive front would get a really impressive play and stuff the running back behind the ball. Yeah. And you know, and the one gaps of work, and they and they get good pressure and stop the ball, and then they just get gashed. Yeah, 
Yeah. And, you know, it was it was a one-man team that beat them, and it was just wasn't quite there. And you could see in the press conference afterwards that Gus Bradley was frustrated because that was his side of the ball, and, you know, he was not happy. Mm. And the good thing is the team are not happy. What you don't want is the quotes about, oh, I don't know what's happening, or you, you, you get the stuff that's coming out of the Lions locker room at the, the moment. I mean, when you hear things like Golden Tate talking about the fans calling out the play coaching and it's just like when you get that kind of divisiveness coming out you know you're in trouble yeah. but they need to do it and they need to do it quickly or Gus Bradley isn't going to get more time I mean they give, they've been patient with him they're, they're, you know, they're building for a way which I would advocate which is slowly improve a draft and consistently but at some point you can have all the potential in the world but you need to show evidence that it's actually going to turn into wins at some point you yeah. have to win football games you do and we both we both picked this one wrong so because we both thought that, uh, that this one would be the Jags so this is part of the reason I'm writing it. I am currently <laughs> one and four with um, games involving the Jaguars, and the only one I got right was because I predicted that the Patriots would beat them. That's not exactly a hard prediction to get right now, is it? Not really. Well, um, next game, uh, let's have a look at the... Well, I say let's have a look. It was the one of the most boring games I've watched all season. Uh, Broncos Raiders, I picked the wrong game to watch late on Sunday um, it was 10-16 uh, uh, Broncos beat the uh, the Raiders Broncos certainly didn't look like a 4-0 team uh, before the before the game not a great team not a great game for either of them and they both pretty much cancelled each other out uh, certainly for about the first first three quarters um, Raiders kind of picked it up a little bit after that uh, I will say Emmanuel Sanders had a very good uh, game for the for the uh, Broncos 111 yards re- uh, receiving he did pretty well and looked, and looked pretty impressive but I think as a game not not very good. Not very good. I know the Broncos are, uh, are, are still are obviously five and zero now, um, but yeah, based on that performance, I'd, I'm not I'm not impressed. The defense is amazing. The defense is terrifying. Very possibly the best one in the league. But the offense mm. is just misfiring so badly. It was all the stuff we were worried about in the off season. Kubiak coming in with a system changes in offensive line for a 39 non-mobile quarterback. It just you know. The last thing you need is pressure up in the middle and, you know, you've got new guards, it's not settled, they're not running the ball effectively. Yeah. Sanders has looked good. He's looked good in the games I've, I've seen him play, but it's just, yeah. I think they might win the division. Uh, well, I yeah, think I they'll think go to the playoffs. I think the defence will carry him a long way. I think the big regret is, where was this defence two years ago when Peyton was still lighting the league up mm. and, you know, being embarrassed in the Super Bowl? It's just... It must be so frustrating for Denver fans that they've had that offense two seasons ago, this defense this year, and I don't think they're going to get a ring from it. No, and it's just it. It's got to be heartbreaking. It really yeah. has, and it's too early for all the talk about. Um, oh, we need to um, bench Peyton and see what the young guy can do. It's just it's Peyton Manning, but equally, yeah. it's not that he has to be throwing three hundred, four hundred yard games and five touchdowns. Can't turn the ball over. He's essentially no. operating on smarts and being a game manager. You can't have the turnovers if you're reduced to playing like that. I think he can do it, but I'm not sure because the arm does not look good, and I fear for them when the weather turns. I really do. Mm. Well, it was the it was it was the, it was the defense that won it really for uh, for the Broncos. Pick six in the fourth quarter of. I think it was Chris Harris, 70, 70 odd yard run, uh, pick six, uh, and, and it's and it, it was it was really the only real notable notable player of the game. If I'm perfectly honest, it was uh, not a very good game. And they, they've uh, got they've got two of the best starting corners in the game, in my in my opinion, uh, on defense. They're, they're just as a pair, mm. 
it's hard to think of many teams who can compete with them. Maybe the Jets, but you know, it's a really good defense. Yeah. And even with Demarcus Ware picking up an injury, they just seem to generate pressure. And with that secondary, it's yeah, they're going to keep them in it all season. But I do worry about them with painting and when the weather changes. Yeah, I thought the Broncos were going to get it. You, for some reason, I remember. I do remember now actually reading this on the on the blog. For some reason, picked the Raiders. You obviously thought that uh, that the Raiders were going to have a better game than they did. And you weren't far I, off. I was so, going to say, this is the thing: is that there, there are picks you don't you 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 regret almost instantly. I nearly had one on Monday night with the um, Steelers at Chargers, and I'm yeah. sat there. You see the opening drive. You see Antonio Gates come back. They move the ball easily, score a touchdown. And my instant thought was, well, there goes that pick. <laughs> uh, and yeah. you're sitting there, and and there are some like that. Where you just think, what have I done? And that one came good in the end, but you just think, oh, I should have guessed that. And there's others that you'll stand by. The Raiders missed by half a point. Yeah, yeah, I had five and a half. They lost by six. Yeah, it happens. Given the nature of the game, I was expecting a close cover. I was expecting the Broncos to to win it, but I just thought that they'd been so bad on offense, and the yeah. the Raiders have got it going on defense and proved it by hold. It wasn't wasn't the um, Broncos' offense that got them. It was you know they just couldn't quite generate enough offense to stay close. Pick six, touchdown. They lose it. I'd stand by that pick. One of those I'd, things. I, yeah, one of those things. Oh well, well, last one we'll uh, we'll look at in a bit in, in detail today is the uh, Browns Ravens game. Another one that went uh, to overtime. Um, the Browns beat the Ravens thirty three to thirty, um, and I really think that the Ravens will probably feel quite disappointed not to have come away with a win, um, especially if they were twenty one nine. They were winning twenty one nine with just over a minute to go in the third quarter, and they've yeah went ended up ended up thirty thirty and. To, to go into overtime it's a strange team this Ravens team mm. uh, you looked at it coming in the season we have so much faith in what Ozzie Newsom does and, and the infrastructure yeah. there and you trust that they will rebuild in the right way and they've done it so many times and they didn't take enough secondary players it would no. seem no. they're very thin there and it's not and even the players that like Jimmy Smith who came back who we thought would help who was such a miss last season are not playing well and they're giving up a ton of points on that side of the ball which you weren't expecting and the receiving gore is just not deep enough. And they have, you know, Steve Smith Sr., who is probably the angriest man in the NFL, and <laughs> carried them for the carried the offense for the first few weeks, uh, and is injured. And they just can't seem to move the ball. And no. Flacco's one of those quarterbacks. And finally, they got the running game going in the last couple of weeks. Forsett's been looking better, but they just it's it's like one of the best one and four teams you'll ever see. Yeah. But I'm not sure where they're going to turn it round. I think the AFC North is a competitive, bruising division where even when the Browns aren't good, they'll give you a hell of a game. A lot of talk about the Bengals' record and all that, but we play the Steelers and Ravens, even on their down years, are there or thereabouts. Nobody Mm. wants to go into Baltimore and play this team. No. Flacco, if he gets going and he has any kind of receiver helping him out, can just generate offense, but they're just they're missing at the key spots this year, and it's just not working for them yet. Yeah, well, the the Ravens are they are bogey team when it comes to we've, in the whole time I've been I've been um, following the Dolphins, we've only managed to get to the uh, to the to the postseason twice, I think it is, and uh, and both both times we've been beaten by the Ravens. So uh, yeah, I've got no, I've got a lot of love for them, but I did think they looked they looked pretty good on uh, on on Sunday. I think uh, their defense was pretty good. Four sacks they got on McCown, um, which was. Which was uh, which was pretty good, and like you say, that uh, the the running game, one hundred and eighty yards, not bad, not yeah, bad. Yeah, and the Browns have been surprisingly bad at stopping the run. Pettine is a 
is a defensive mm. coach. Um, the defense was pretty good last year in stretches, but this year they're doing it with offense. Mm. And Josh McCown, of all people. And I've been advocating, not because I think he's a bad player, but I'm just like, I don't see what the long-term plan for the team is, Yeah, given the age he is, in playing him. And I'm not a huge fan of Johnny Football. I think it was a bad oh. pick. Yeah, and I don't really want to talk about him, but I'm still not sure that they're not better off finding out if they have something there because I'm not sure what the plan is long term. I'm not sure what they're building to with Josh McCown mm. and the current roster, but they're another team that the off season moves and the drafting just doesn't seem to be a coherent plan at the moment, and they've missed on so many first round picks. I mean, if they had Johnny Football and Justin Gilbert, the second the uh, cornerback who is pretty much reduced to kick returning now. He's not even playing much defense. You mm. can't miss on number one picks. No, Trent no, you Richardson. Can't. And they did well to get picks back for it. But those picks were, you know, the two players I just mentioned. It's, it's not been consistent. And those fans, bless them, they've been through so much. And they have the ugliest uniforms in the NFL. The new <laughs> ones are horrendous. They're, they're not nice, are they? I th- I, although, I personally, I think they're better than the old ones. Really? I do, yeah. Oh, I mean, they're not they're not as bad as those horrible Jaguar two-tone helmets. I'm sorry, I hate those Jags helmets, but... <laughs> can, I, can I be honest? I like those as well. And I've been so nice about your new uni. I and, love and, the uh, Dolphins teal. It, it looks... it looks. I forget the um, painter's name, but um, the classic Miami scenes with, with that, with those blue and that. Yeah, yeah. It just pops beautifully. I love that, that uni. But, um, no... <laughs> Put, and, and but you know they lost their team the band you know they just and they fought so hard to get one back yeah. and they're there and they're loyal and Cleveland is just like the most cursed sports fan and I want one of their teams to do it I want one of their teams to do it do you want to sit with the Browns being, bearing in mind that they're in the same division as, uh, as Bengals no I think it's going <laughs> to in all honesty I think it's going to be the Cavaliers because LeBron James is the best basketball player on the planet yeah. but they deserve a playoffs just, you know, a wild card under the Bengals would be fine. <laughs> You're happy with that. You're all right with that, yeah? Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay. We're, the nice thing about being a UK fan is you're sort of separated by those rivalries. So, you know, yeah. of course I hate the Steelers, but I don't have to go to work with a bunch of Steelers fans the next day when we've lost. <laughs> so you don't have... You have that sports hatred, which is not real hatred, but you don't have that intensity of, yeah. oh, God, Chelsea have lost to Leicester and I live in Leicester and I've got to go to work to tomorrow. It's a different thing. Yeah. And those fans deserve to, you know, just for once be able to say, you know what, we've done all right. We've had a good season. We're going to the playoffs. Yeah, that's it. Well, we both we, we both picked this one right. Uh, we both thought the Browns would uh, would win this one. So, uh, yeah, well well done us. So, looking at the, uh, the rest of the uh, results, uh, unbeaten Atlanta Falcons uh, had to take Washington to an overtime um, win uh, to preserve their unbeaten record. Uh, ended up with a twenty-five to nineteen win. Uh, it was one point uh, in it in Tennessee. Uh, where the Bills kept the pressure on the rest of the AFC East uh, with a 14-point-13 win over the Texans. Uh, and the Bears also uh, won by a point uh, over the Chiefs, uh, 18-17, uh, gaining their second win of the season. Uh, you alluded to this earlier, but Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, uh, proved he was, he was cute, well, he's human, uh, throwing his first uh, Lambeau Field interception since December 2012, 587 attempts. Uh, but it didn't, didn't stop them from uh, beating the Rams twenty-four points to ten uh, to give them the uh, only their second five and zero start to a season in fifty years. That surprises me about about Green Bay. Uh, the Saints failed to build on last week's win, uh, lost thirty-nine seventeen to the Eagles, uh, but both teams remain uh, rooted to the bottom of their respective divisions. Things went from bad to worse at Ford Field. Detroit Lions went zero and five, 
they were absolutely thumped 42-17 to the uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, New England increased their winning streak to four games with a 20-6 win over the Cowboys, who in turn have uh, now lost the last three games uh, going into their bye week next week in week six. Eli Manning topped off a career best of 41 completions as he led the New York Giants to a 30 points 27 win over the 49ers. And then in Monday night's game, uh, the Steelers picked up a narrow win over the Chargers, winning 24 to 20 with a touchdown just as the clock ran out in San Diego, even with Michael Vick um, at quarterback. This week I was 9 and 5, uh, you were 8, eight and 6. Uh, Are you sure that you didn't want to start this podcast now just because you could beat me in the week? Well, and- yeah, I mean that would that would be it, it, that would be fine, but as it is, uh, you're you're forty and thirty seven, and I'm thirty seven and forty. So uh, yeah, we're uh, I mean, we're both there or thereabouts. I just had a terrible week last week, although you, yours wasn't much better. Mine was yeah. I mean, there were a few that didn't quite work out. We'll move no. on to the game rather than talking about. <laughs> pick some boring people but yeah it was just one of those things one or two close calls didn't go my way I tend to be a bit more high variance in my picks and seem to have good and bad weeks and you seem to be very consistent very consistent so. yeah strangely consistent this year anyway what's uh, is there any, anything uh, from week 6 so week 6 is schedule um, anything that you particularly uh, fancy this week I mean, game of the week probably for me is Cardinals Steelers. I'm was, loving the Cardinals this year. Then the card, yeah, the Cardinals are one that I haven't. I must say, I haven't watched yet this year. I can't believe I've, I've got to this point, week nearly in week six now, and I haven't watched them yet. Especially if they're four and one as well, they're doing very well. The yeah, I mean, everybody's making big fuss about um, the undefeated teams, but if you're looking at the top teams at the moment, you yeah. have to inlu- include the Cardinals. They turned over the ball in that one loss, um, but I think the Rams are sneaky good and going to be difficult in that division it's a divisional game they are really good they go for the throat and most weeks they are just killing teams they're yeah, just yeah. Carson Palmer is is looking as good as he has done in years you have got a soft spot for Carson Palmer to be fair he had it was not a good relationship with the Bengals fans at the end of his tenure mm. I mm. think he was covering and taking the blame for an awful lot of stuff that was going on with um, Chad Johnson and you can see that from the fact that he went to the Patriots and he didn't get on the field because they couldn't get him to learn the system and he just yeah. didn't know his roots. And so you start to wonder how many times when he's throwing interceptions and he's got that reputation of, oh yeah, he'll get you 350 yards and three touchdowns, but he'll have three picks to go with it. You wonder how mm. many of that is that, you know, the receivers weren't in the right place. Yeah. I mean, TJ Husmanjada was an amazing player but and was his safety blanket, but um, Chad Johnson was very hit and miss. Chris Henry was an amazing deep threat that sadly passed away and it was just like we were just fated for things to just keep going wrong and they turned on him and I think he could have turned it round but I think it just got to the stage where he needed a fresh start and then we ransomed the Raiders for ridiculously for him Um, thank you Raiders I'm sorry guys (laughs) it's coming good now David Carr and Murray Cooper looking really really good there's hope there for the Raiders but um, yeah and he's finally settled, you know, at the end of career, and you're thinking, huh, when the trade went down. But Bruce Arians, he's aggressive. He just, he doesn't care. You know, he was down mm-hmm. to his third string quarterback last year, and he was still just, no, I'm committed to um, stretching stretching the game and throwing the deep ball. And yeah. he's got the quarterback to do it. Larry Fitzgerald's looking great in the slot. Um, they're running the ball effectively. That defense is, you know, just opportunistic and... 
they're a really fun team to watch and going against yeah. the Steelers I think it should be an interesting game Vickers demonstrated just enough confidence that he can, if he can just keep them hanging around till um, Ben Roethlisberger can get back because quietly Roethlisberger's been playing really really well over the last two seasons and I say quietly because everybody's got this perception of him is that oh he'll take you know he'll shrug off three defenders and throw the long ball but you know it's big ben and he does that but he's turned himself into a really really good pocket quarterback and yeah can, and one of the easiest ways you can see that is that the Steelers have one of the best if not the best receiver in the league right now and Vic can't find him Antonio Brown was just ripping up the league for fun he destroyed the, the Bengals last season it was horrifying and it's set oh, you know I like our corners but he is such a good player and it's just not working and it's just he's only been there for a few weeks he's not in the system he can still move the ball not like he used to with his feet but you know he can just do enough and they're just doing enough on defense that they're sticking around they're going to be a tough out and I just have a feeling that this is going to be a really good game, and frankly, a lot of the other ones are a bit meh. I mean, should we go through them in sequence? Very enough. Yeah, kind of, yeah. So, uh, 39th, we've uh, got the uh, unbeaten Falcons at the uh, New Orleans Saints. The Falcons are going to murder the Saints. The Correct. Saints are, I feel sorry for Drew Brees, but I don't know if it's injury or if it's just um, father time, but he's n- not looking the same quarterback. The plan to rely on the running game and the trade for for Unger for a centre hasn't seemed to stabilise the line. And the defence is such a mess. I have no faith in Rob Ryan at all. Um, We're already beginning to see um, Sean Payton and him arguing on the sidelines. And the Falklands are just murdering teams for fun. And even though it's away... Gone are the days where the um, where you go to the dome in New Orleans and be terrified. I think yeah. I can only see this going one way. Yeah, it's going to be a Falcons win. I think he says yeah. they're going to look silly next week. Now <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to say it again uh, for this one. Bengals. I think Bengals are going to beat the Buffalo Bills as well. Um, and I don't just. I'm not just saying that as a uh, Dolphins fan wanting the uh, wanting the wanting the uh, the Bills to slip up. I think uh, you're genuinely going to have a good game on this one. I'm nervous, as I said. Um, You're always I'm, nervous. I'm wary of that defense, man. They've got the players that if he gets it right, our line has been really, really good. Although it was a little bit worrying when Andre Smith went out last week and Eric Fisher was in, and he wasn't taking very aggressive pass sets. And I was just watching, and there was a period where they're going, it's all coming apart for the Bengals. And you could see in the line there was just a bit of miscommunication and that. It was just seemed to be one change too many, and we got it back. But it's just like, it's on the road. There's been a lot of years where it just fell apart in tough spots. And I just, you know, I hope so. But, you know, let's see. Yeah. Broncos at Browns um, is, is the next game. I think I, I personally, this is, this is a tough pick this week for me. I really, I can... I can see the Browns doing it. I'm leaning Browns myself. You're getting four and a half points points in our, in mm. from the lines that we've got. Um, we've talked about the Broncos' offensive challenges. That said, the defense can't seem to stop the run. Maybe this is a game for Broncos to get it. But I think a t- tight game. Browns getting four and a half points. I think there are, very, there are some games that I will be happy to call here and some that I will leave to when I write up and I've got all my stats and figures in me. But I'm tempted to lean Browns for that one. Yep. Uh, Bears at Lions. Uh, uh, this this one this confused the life out of me when I saw the spread on this one. Bears get two and a half points on it. I, I can't I can't see why. I, I I have no idea why the Lions are two and a half point um, yeah. favourites over anybody. They are a 
horrible, horrible mess. I, so, I'm yeah. so I was so excited at the beginning of the season about um, the um, Chiefs Lions game at Wembley, which I am going to. Um, I'm still excited. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> there's there's players um, to see, but the Lions. Um, DeAndre Levy could be out for the season, and I'm so upset. He's such a good coverage linebacker. Uh, defense hasn't recovered from Sue and mm. the loss of Sue and Fairley, and it's just it's not working on that side of the ball. The offense is a mess. Calvin Johnson doesn't quite look like himself. All the worst fears that people still had lingering about Matt Stafford seem to have happened. In that his favorite tactic of just throwing it up to Megatron isn't working anymore. They can't run the ball. The offensive line's been a mess. Um, yeah, the Bears, John Fox is a good coach. He maximizes the talent on the roster that he has. He might not have got the win out the, out the Broncos and that Super Bowl loss against the Seattle was horrible, but they've got something. The defense seems to be coming together a little bit. He somehow seems to have got Jay Cutler to at least minimize those Jay Cutler moments. You're never going to eliminate them, but... Yeah. Yeah, there's been less of them, and I, yeah, I just think yeah, with points even on the road, Bears could and not as bad as we it looked in the early weeks, and yeah, I think it could go that way. Yeah, well, the the next one, uh, Texans Jags, this is this is going to be a close one. I'm not sure it is. Do you not think? Right, I've been bitten so many times, and you're going to laugh because we have this text and email conversation that goes on. Where it goes, I'm going Jags again this week, and you almost always sit there and think. Oh, he's got a point. And sometimes you'll mock me and sometimes you won't. I just don't haven't seen anything that gives me faith in the Texans. They're on the road. I quite like Hoyer, but they've just not been able to establish anything on offense. I love JJ mm. Watt. I can't tell you how much I love JJ Watt. He's single You how can, you angry, frequently do. How angry and frustrated must he be that you know and you know, and at the moment he's being triple teamed and, and just must be so frustrated and angry because this is the argument that proves that you can't be the MVP when you're not a quarterback, is that he is almost single-handedly the best defensive player in the game right now. Yeah. And his team are rubbish. Yeah. That's it. And I, I can only think it going one way. I'm sorry, JJ Watt. I still love you. You support Chelsea too. Um, <laughs> you are a fabulous human being. This is a blip. One day you will get your just desserts, but it's not going to be your week this week. Well, I've written Texans down for this one, but I don't know. I've still got... I've still got some time to decide. Um, <laughs> as I have with this one, um, Chiefs at Vikings. I personally think Vikings will do it, but it's gonna, again another another relatively close one for me. I'm leaning the other, not the other way in terms of result. I'm not sure it'll be close. Um, the Vikings are giving up three and a half points. Mm. I think they're good for it. I absolutely love Mike Zimmer. He's a great defensive coach. Um, I it was this horrible situation we sit there going I can't believe he's not a head coach please can we keep him one more season and I yeah, kept thinking yeah. that I couldn't couldn't begrudge him when he finally got a job but it was just like that defence is showing that same nasty thing he did to with the Bengals think, those yeah. double A gap blitzes um, and the Chiefs bless them they've got a brilliant pass rush they've got three of my favourite defensive players you've got Tom Lee, you've got Justin Houston, you've got Dontari Poe. That pass rush is nasty, but they can't cover anybody in the back end. Peters, their no. rookie cornerbacks, look quite good in spots, but they're just giving up so many points and so much yardage. And then to lose Jamal Charles, I mean, I'm heartbroken. 
you know i'm you know i'm so excited it's it's typical of me you go oh yeah i've got tickets for that and you're going oh yeah you'll get megatron and jamal charles and i'm going yeah deandre leaving and, and this chief's defense and now the defenses on both sides are falling apart jamal charles <laughs> has torn his acl and i love him as a player i love those kind of old-fashioned all-purpose free down backs that can do everything you know he's, yeah, he can yeah, catch yeah. the ball he can block he runs brilliantly and i worry about this team because he was such a large part of their offense. Um, you've got Kelsey for tight end, who'll keep doing along. Um, Macklin has done an okay job at, at, at receiver, but I think the limitations of Alex Smith are the stretch to field quarterback. And I just fancy the Vikings at home to really take care of business. I've gone, I've gone for Vikings on this. I've got a bit of a soft spot for the Vikings. My dad's a Vikings fan. Uh, but, you know, no one's perfect. Indeed. <laughs> um, so, uh, next game, uh, Jets-Washington. I've, I've, I'm going Washington on this myself. I think it's yeah. I'm leaning that way just because this, it seems a lot of points for the um, uh, Jets to be giving up five and a half when Washington have quietly become solid. Yeah, you know you'll notice that the, the whole thing about RG three has gone away. I'm not sure that I would have gone about it the way that um, Jay Gruden has done it. Um, and I had problems with the way he ran the Bengals offense when he was here because he put the ball. He put the onus on Andy Dalton to win games with his arm too often. But the change in GM there, the different drafting strategy, not going after big free agents, and suddenly they're looking good in run defense. They're running the ball really well. Um, And I like the Jets team. I love their defense. Ryan Fitzpatrick is just a bit interesting as a quarterback. He's one of those ones. Riven quarterback. um, You saw it when he played with the Bengals and up with the Bills. When he gets going, he can really garner points in yardage, but he will throw interceptions, and he hasn't got that arm. It sort of comes out flat, and it's just you just get the feeling that five and a half might be a bit much, and I think Washington might just keep it close. I think they might lose, because that's Jets' defense is scary. I mean, you know, Uh, it's sort of them Broncos and everybody else at the moment. Yeah, they they were their their defense was as bad as, as 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 our offense looked at Wembley. Their their defense looked looked equally as good, and also they've got they have got that running game as well. Chris Ivory yeah. is 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 has a, he's had a great start to this season, and they just like you say they what they did uh, what they did um, at Wembley the other week before their bye was well they they just kept running it until we until we couldn't well we couldn't stop them at all. I was going to say until we learned how to stop them, but uh, it never happened. <laughs> yes, for 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 Colts' style of run defense, just keep rolling over and let yeah. them have the yards they want. Yeah, yeah. And, that's, and that's what they did. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going Washington on that one. I think um, next one. I, if, if you if you've if you've ever read the uh, the picks, uh, you'll know who I'm going to pick in uh, in the the Dolphins Titans game. Um, I do have a sneaky advantage in that whenever I think the Dolphins are at a disadvantage, I know which way you're going. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I always I always pick the Dolphins. Blind faith uh, as as. Uh, as the, uh, the the eternal optimist that I am, um, I'll always go for the Dolphins. Dolphins, Titans, though. Um, Titans, two and a half points on it. What do you reckon? I'm not sure because I don't know what I'm getting out of the Dolphins. I'm really concerned about this pick just because, I, you know, for the first time in a few years, Titans have hope. They've got mm. a quarterback. I like Mariota. It seems that he was a good quarterback who ran in, ran in college, but wasn't a running quarterback if you see what I mean he had the other skills it's just he was in that system you saw him move the ball once with his feet last week because he had to because they weren't getting anything else done with the Bills but he's getting there and I don't see your defence being one that's going to cause him so much troubles with exotic blitzes but then we don't know what we're facing I'm really unsure yeah who knows what's coming out of this this after this 
last two weeks. I don't think anybody knows what's uh, what's what we're going to see, but we're expecting a yeah, we're expecting maybe a new coach bounce. I'm just not sure. Um, I'm leaning Titans, I think, but I could regret it because you you know we do <laughs> seem to see that quick. Oh, we've got a new coach, and thank yeah. goodness we've got the guys that were causing so much defunction out the building. But yep. equally, you haven't got a new offensive coordinator, and the play calling's been awful. So yeah, it has. Uh, we'll You're see. right. Uh, last of the six o'clock games, we've kind of talked about this one already. But game of the week: Cardinals Steelers. Uh, I'm personally going Cardinals. I think I am too. I yeah. genuinely think that at home they can. Or they're not at home. Sorry, they're in Pittsburgh. They're away. Yeah. Hmm. I plus three and a half at home. That's like a six and a half point swing. Ooh, I'll have to think about that one. I'm leading Cardinals, but yeah. it just makes you wonder. Still got some time. Still got some time. Uh, into the later kickoffs, uh, nine nine o'clock kickoffs over in the UK. So we've got uh, Panthers at Seahawks. What do you reckon? Uh, the Panthers have been really doing well. Um, yep. Their defense is, is is very good, despite losing Luke Keekley, who is an excellent excellent linebacker. And I really hope that this isn't a long term problem with his concussion, but him being out this long and having had minor concussion issues of my own, yeah. I just I just want him to be healthy. And if that means sitting him for the season and he comes back, that's fine. On offense, I don't know if it's sustainable. I've been really impressed with how Cam Newton has basically done it on its done it on his own with Greg Olson. Yeah. But you worry about him running it that many times, taking hits. The Seahawks defense, oh, it's just difficult. And on the flips, I can't see the Seahawks moving the ball. No. Um, I think it'll be a tight and nasty game. I don't think that the home advantage is quite there as it would be because look not at the Not as much as it has been. Yeah, certainly not as much as it has been. I sort of want to take the Panthers, but reluctantly. Again, we'll see when I've been through for the, the um, yeah. numbers. I've gone, I've gone Panthers for this initially. Um, Packers Chargers nine and a half points on this one. I think I, I think it's going to be. I'm going to be controversial. I'm going to go for Chargers. It's not that Chargers. It's not that controversial. I, 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 I don't, don't think, think they'll win. Right. I don't think they'll win, but I don't think they'll lose by ten points. Here's the thing. I'm hearing people say that they don't think that the Packers are as explosive as as we think they are. They've struggled after the last few weeks to get points. You can see that obviously Aaron Rodgers just had a bad game at home for him however mm. they're still winning and here's what worries me about the charges they can't defend the run at all yeah the, the defense has not been good and that o-line i tell you philip rivers is amazing and was getting the ball out so quickly against the steelers against so much pressure they had another injury on the offensive line and they couldn't protect him and i just worry that that Packers' defense is not to be messed with. They're coming together. Matthew seems to be holding up against the run, moving inside. They're getting pass rush. I think I'm not picking against the Packers at home in terms of wins and losses all season. I think the Packers could very easily go undefeated all season. Mm. And I just think that this is the wrong moment for this um, Chargers team to be going into Lambeau Field. And I think that the Packers will cover. I think they'll win. I just don't think they'll win by 10. I'm sort of at the point now where unless it's a really good team that's not as injured and not and is playing better than the Chargers, that mm. um, I'm not going to pick against the Packers at home. Fair enough. But I can see where you're coming from and I wouldn't necessarily totally disagree with you, but I ain't doing it. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm not trying to lull you into a uh, into changing your pick. Um, last couple of games then. We've got uh, Ravens 49ers. I'm going Ravens. I think I am too. It's nice to see Kaepernick doing something because yeah. it was getting to the point where it was almost embarrassing for the man. 
But um, yeah, I think the Ravens still have too much for the 49ers. Playing better, but they've got to do something about that offense. Um, mm. They've just lost too many players in the offseason, and it's going to be a long, long season for the guys in San Francisco. It is. The late night game on Sunday, or Monday morning, uh, Patriots Colts. What do you reckon? The Patriots look so good. Mm. Uh, Tom Brady's in FU mode. Uh, him and Belichick have just got this point to prove against the league. Gronk is ridiculous. Edelman is playing great. They're thin at receiver. They do, it does worry me if they have a couple of key injuries to particular players. Um, defense, I'm not sure about. They're doing well, and you have faith in Belichick as a coach, but I do think that a fully firing offensive team could get at that, but the Colts are not that. Um, yeah. I know they're travelling to the Colts and it's somehow the Colts giving seven and a half points, but it's, I feel about the Patriots a bit like I feel about the Packers. I'm not going against them unless I see a really extreme point total that worries me and that doesn't. So, yeah, I would go with Patriots with that one. Yeah, me too. Me too, I think. And then last game, Monday night, uh, Giants at Eagles. And I am going for the Giants. I think I might be following suit. I need to look at it. I mean, the Eagles... I've written about this quite a lot. I think that Chip Kelly, the GM, has let down Chip Kelly, the coach. Although I also have worries about... I was a big believer last season. You hear him interviewed and I was really, really impressed with what he was Mm. doing. Mm. But the fact of the matter is that you're a professional coach going against other professional coaches. And there's only so much advantage you can get with scheme fit. and, And your system. And he trusts his system and that's all very well. But your players need to win their matchups and it's just been very up and down their offensive line hasn't been that great always it's very interesting that um, they played a lot more 12 personnel this last week which is one running back two tight ends Mm. and that just seemed to be much more effective and it was much more what they did last season but I'm just not convinced that they've totally turned it around because they were going up against the Saints who are a stinking garbage fire on defense (laughs) and um, that's a rave review and the Giants have been quietly much better on defense than I thought they were. They're pretty solid against the run, which is the foundation of Kelly's offense. Yeah, and I think I'm going Giants. I am as well. I think Eli Manning, unlike the unlike his brother, uh, Eli is kind of on a bit of a roll. He's doing he's done very well this incredible week this week, uh, stats wise, numbers wise. He's had a, he's had a fantastic game. So. Uh, yeah. He was getting more receivers than just Odo Beckham involved. Yeah. And Beckham is just, oh, he's otherworldly. I'm just, it's one of those players you're just happy he's in the league and you'll just watch him for as long as he's there and doing this stuff and thankful for it. Right, well, that's it. Anything else from, from you, G? Anything to add? Uh, the only thing I'm thinking about is I've got a Game 5 coaching tape to select. You have, I, yeah, that's a good point. I was thinking, just talking about it, maybe I should go look at Ravens-Browns. It was a good game. Josh McCown, see see how he's getting, you know, over 400 yards in the passing game. What's going on? Two divisional rivals. I'm mm. very keen to take suggestions from anybody who's listening or yourself in future weeks. But I'm leaning that way unless you've got any other good ones to suggest. No, I think that's a good game to uh, to go for. If anything, if I, if I was going to pick one, I probably would have picked that one myself. So, uh, yeah, you've got a good one there, I think. I, I shall look forward to hitting the tape then. Enjoy the tape. Well, uh, that's it for the uh, first episode of the Wrong Football Podcast. We'll uh, be back next week uh, with episode two, looking back at all of week six's games and ahead to week seven, uh, which includes obviously the Jags hosting the Bills at Wembley and second of this year's international series games. Uh, in the meantime, remember to subscribe to the podcast, uh, follow us on Twitter at Wrong Football, uh, and check out the blog, uh, www.therongfootball.com. Uh, if there's anything you want us to discuss next week, uh, drop us an email, uh, twfpodcast at outlook.com. Um, thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.